Welcome, everybody, to what we're calling Take 10. It's a brand new midweek podcast where we're trying to go beyond the sermon on Sunday and uh, speak into our lives. And I'm here in this inaugural broadcast in on the third floor right off what we're calling Steeple Hall. And if you guys have not been into this third floor space, come check it out. A great event space. We've used it once for parenting conference and have more to come. But great little space here that we just created and we're getting it completed and it looks great. Maybe the biggest room in the building and we're excited about it. But just off of that is Lauren Lucky's new office. Lauren, I like this. You've done well. Yeah, it's coming together really well. Yeah. Love it. And Lauren is playing quarterback. She's directing this podcast and sitting in her seat. She's got gear since this is audio only, at least this first one. You can't see us, but we're both wearing headsets. And I love the space, what you've done up here. Super professional. Come I on. mean, you you look nice with a pair of headsets on. I yeah, like what that. do you think? Yeah, looks good. Should we sing a duet of We Are the World? Or do you even remember that Let's reference? Let's go, uh, oh yeah. Yeah, from oh, yeah. the 80s? Yeah. Uh, don't, don't tempt me. Yeah. Lauren, you were off Sunday. I was off Sunday. Yeah. And uh, you That doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen. We try to stay away from that, don't we? Like yes. we're, we're both not off the same weekends but we needed that we both did in our own ways but um i haven't even tuned in alex led worship daniel preached that's right and did they do good yeah everybody uh, was really nice just sending in some feedback and said that the team did a good job which means a lot to me as you know the worship pastor and leader of our worship team to hear somebody you know say hey the team did a good job that was good to hear yes i love it i love it i'm sure daniel did although i haven't listened to it yet i'm, gonna I'm do sure that. he did great i'm sure he did great great young leader appreciate him i was i did a wedding this weekend at old capitol inn and several people had a good conversation in the corner amidst the noise of the reception band but i had several people asking me about uh, tim keller about you know we lost the church lost tim keller this Mm -hmm. past week and he's been a pastor uh, historian scholar a great thinker and um, i've read all of his books and have been impacted by his life never met him I went to when Fonder Church was getting started over, uh, we're right here. I went over to Riverside Drive and met some people. What's the name of that place on Riverside Drive? It's the, it was the Bellhaven Chapel. Um, I think they've renamed it. But um, anyway, right there, Keller spoke. And then a few years later, when he wrote his book called Prayer, he was in town speaking at various places. And there was a book signing, meet and greet type of thing at Lemuria Books in the private room. And I went and I thought I got there early enough. But I didn't, and I was pretty much left out in the cold. That's I think it was a bomber. A, yeah. So he was, he spoke, and I remember looking through a window. and uh, But really appreciate him. And I thought for our first Take 10 that I would share with listeners uh, 10 great quotes from Tim Keller. Yeah, that's good. I've got seven, and um, I'll share those with you. Uh, first few are about God and then the church and communicating, preaching, and then sin. We'll close on sin. How about that? <laughs> that's good. Uh, Here's what Keller once said. Describe the God you've rejected. Describe the God you don't believe in. Maybe I don't believe in that God either. Mm. Isn't that good? That's really good. If you take away what's cultural or traditional or denominational, uh, all of us, you know, I mean, what's the essence? What's essential uh, about God, his character and who he is? And we've all been inflicted with bad ideas about God and um, that affects us. So great, uh, great line there from Tim Keller. He would say this, contemporary people tend to examine the Bible looking for things they can't accept. But Christians should reverse that, allowing the Bible to examine us, Mm -hmm. looking for things God can't accept. Wow. 
And I think, Lauren, of Psalm 139, mm-hmm. you know, where it search me, O God, and, and examine me carefully, my anxious ways, lead me in the path of the everlasting path. And that last phrase hits a little bit, looking for things God can't accept. Mm. But that's the kind of God who is, the kind of God we need, and the role that we need God to play in our lives. Uh, he changes us. We don't, we don't change him. Um, here's one that's, I think, in similar vein. Only if your God can outrage and challenge you will you know that you worship the real God and not a figment of your imagination. If your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. Ouch. That, that is a word that we need to hear today for sure. Come on. Okay. The glory of God is available to you in the church in a way it's not available to you anywhere else. Mm-hmm. There's no more important means of discipleship than deep involvement in the life of the church. That's so good. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, can I not just be a Christian and, and not go to church? And, man, that speaks directly to that, the importance of the church for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. When we started 1 Corinthians, we've been at it and will be at it for a long time. But the week one, we in the first chapter, we talked about that, how Paul addresses the problems in the church, or he sets it up. He will be responding to problems in the church that were dividing them. And he doesn't look, he doesn't gloss over it. He doesn't look past it. But at the same time, he said, you're called and you're sanctified and you're washed and renewed and, and uh, you matter. There's glory in the church. And it says that we'd be enriched in every way. And I love what Keller, how Keller puts it, like this is the means of how God works and uses us. Um, to preaching and communicating. Um, a good sermon is not like a club that beats upon the will, but like a sword that cuts to the heart. Mm. And that's good. I, I read Keller's preaching book several years ago, and I know that this quote is from that, and he's motivated by Acts 2.37, right. yeah. where Peter preaches that first great sermon after Pentecost, and it says that very line that they, the people were cut to the heart. And you know, you think about it, oftentimes we think, especially today, that sermons are, it's just the preachers, the one speaking, and that we're ready to judge and criticize and evaluate, and all that's fine and good, but a sermon really is, it's manifold, but the other side of the preacher is the congregation, it's the ones who are listening, and if, if someone is stubborn and defiant and yielding, uh, unyielding, then um, they're going to get less out of it, and it's going to be, it's going to feel like a club that they're mm. getting beat up with, and judged by but if they are open and pliable and yielding and soft and surrendered then it's more likely to be a sword that can cut us to the heart and so that's so good christian communicators must show that we remember very well what it's like to not believe wow that's uh, that's really really good that's easy to do though i think we can let ourselves get there yeah it's uh the perils of being a professional christian sometimes but you know the Scripture talks about being merciful to those who doubt, and to some extent, we all do. Mm. And um, Keller would amplifying that quote. He, would, I remember early on talking about preaching and talking about communicating and uh, not acting like you're above people or that you never struggle with doubt. He encouraged me and preachers when you're starting a church to, uh, even if you don't have big crowds or whatever, preach to people who aren't there yet mm. and preach in such a way that the people who are there would want to invite their friends. That's good. And I think that's just a, a classic Keller quote about the importance of humility and not trying to be some sage on the stage uh, where we know it all. Worship mm-hmm. leaders too. Oh, yeah. Where we, you know, we banished all doubt and overcome all obstacles and gotten rid of all worry and, and um, 
and you know, but we are there and we too have our doubts and haven't overcome it all. So yeah. the good news has to stay good news to us. Mm. Yeah. Good. All right. Last one. It's about sin. So come on. He said this, if you want to understand your own behavior, you must understand that all sin against God is grounded in refusal to believe that God is more dedicated to our good and more aware of what that is than we are. Mm -hmm. We distrust God because we assume he's not truly for us, that if we give him complete control, we will be miserable. Adam and Eve did not say, let's be evil, let's ruin our lives and everybody else's too. Rather, they thought, we just want to be happy, but his commands don't look like they'll give us the things that we need to thrive. We will have to take things into our own hands. We can't trust him. Mm. Wow. Good all around. Oh, yeah. And needed. Hey, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We hope you've been blessed by this. Uh, I've been blessed as a pastor. I think some of you know this. Like I said, even though I don't quote him often, I've read his books and have been impacted by him. And these were seven uh, seven quotes that I wanted to share with you all today. Hey, we're glad you tuned in, and we hope to see many of you Sunday. I know a lot of people traveling. Lauren, you're going to be here? Oh, I will be here. I will be here. we got to be. We were off last week. So I'm ready. We hope to see everybody who's in town. Tune in if you're not, and then tune in next week for this brand-new podcast, Take 10.